Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the one who is loyal to us. You have undivided um, commitment, loyalty, love, adoration of us. We thank you for that. And it's by the basis of this gracious love which you have loved us that we, uh, we now have, by your Holy Spirit, uh, we are called to an undivided loyalty towards you. So as we open up Matthew chapter 10 today and look at uh, these verses, as we study these verses, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come to open our hearts, to open our lives, uh, to believe these things and then to live out these things. So we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and do this work. There is nothing that we can do in the weakness of our sinful flesh to become the people that you called us to be. But, but in the power of your spirit working through your word, you can transform us and make us uh, into the disciples that you desire us to be today. Lord, I pray for those who are here today, Lord, that are going through struggles and difficulties in life. Whatever those struggles or difficulties are, I pray that this word would be a word of comfort and a word of hope. And to us, Lord, who are complacent, to us, Lord, who are comfortable in the fallenness of our sinful flesh, I pray that you'd make us uncomfortable today, that we would respond in repentance uh, to what you are saying to us in your word. So it's in Jesus' name we pray these things, and all of God's children say, amen. Today we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 through 39. There are some difficult passages within, or, or verses within this uh, passage that we're studying today. Today I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to be doing a verse-by-verse -verse, uh, teaching through Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 through 39. So if you have your Bibles uh, with you today, I encourage you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10, beginning with the 24th verse. So verse 24, let's look at verse 24. Jesus is speaking here. Uh, he's uh, teaching, and he says, the student, the student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. So the student, that's us, you and I, we're not above our teacher, and we know that our teacher is the Lord Jesus, nor a servant. We are the servants above his master, and we know that our master is the Lord Jesus Christ. So when a person is brought by the gospel of Jesus Christ, to trust in him as Savior, that person becomes a student and a servant under Jesus. So that's who you are. You are a student and a servant of Jesus Christ. So you are called to be a person who learns from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You're a person who is called to serve our master, Jesus Christ. And it's so important for me, I don't know about you, but it's important for me to remember every day that I'm not above my master and I'm not smarter than my teacher. You see, we need to be a people who are submitted to a higher authority. We are a people who submit to Jesus. What he taught what he did. So I need to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ every day. I need to be under the authority of Christ. But here's the good news. He is not a harsh teacher. 
And he is not a harsh master. He is a loving teacher. He is a loving master. The scripture actually uh, attributes uh, the heart of God as that of a shepherd. Uh, the scripture says that the Lord is your shepherd. And he is a loving and a good shepherd and teacher. He is a loving master. And he is the good shepherd who promises to lead you and me with absolute loyalty. You see, he is committed to you. He is loyal to you. And because he's loyal to me and because he's loyal to you, we get to have undivided loyalty for him. So that loyalty to Jesus doesn't start, uh, uh, this, this loyalty thing doesn't start with our loyalty to him. It starts with his loyalty to us. And when we know how much we are loved by him and how devoted he is to us, then it's, it's something we get to do. We get to be under our good and loving teacher and master, Jesus. But I ask the question, how are we led by Jesus today? We don't have Jesus walking the streets of Linwood. We can't go to a certain address and knock on the door and say, Jesus, I've been called to follow you. So how are we led by Jesus today? Well, we're led by Jesus through his word. And that's why we are to become students of the word of God. Because when we are students of God's word, then we become followers and students of Jesus. And we come under his authority. So his word is the thing that, that, that ought to have ultimate authority over us in our lives. So we're led by Jesus through his word. And when you open the word of God and trust the word of God and obey the word of God, you're living as a loyal disciple of Jesus. But this isn't an easy thing. This is a difficult life. It is not an easy life. So do not believe the preacher who says that if you come to Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, then your life is going to be wonderful and easy. It's not. You'll be maligned. You'll be bad-mouthed for following Jesus. People will not love you. Let's look at verse 25. Look at verse 25. There Jesus says, It is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. And he says this, If the head of the house has been called Beelzebub, how much more the members of his household. If the head of the house, Jesus, has been called Beelzebub, that is the prince of demons, how much more the members of his household. You see, people badmouthed Jesus. They said that his miracles, his miracles were done by the power and the strength of Beelzebub. They said that it is by the prince of demons that Jesus casts out demons. So they attributed the miracles of Jesus to the power of the enemy. Mark 3.22 And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said he is possessed. That is, Jesus is possessed by Beelzebul or Beelzebub, and they said by the prince of demons he is driving out demons. 
Church, if people malign the name of Jesus, how much more will they badmouth you? Don't think for a second that we can make everybody happy. If we stand upon God's word, if we build our house upon the rock of Jesus Christ, people will not love us, but many people will hate us, and they'll badmouth us. So don't think for a second that we can make everybody happy. Because we follow Jesus, we will be hated. Just read the context of Matthew chapter 10. Jesus says a lot about that. But I do want to say something else. We shouldn't set out to offend people. We shouldn't set out with our goal, our goal being that we would stick up like a nail and cause offense to everybody that we come into contact with. Really, the only thing that should offend other people is the message of God's Word. The message of Christ. Nothing else should offend. The only thing that should offend our community is our trust in Jesus Christ. The life that we live as Christians. Scripture says that people love the darkness. And they hate the light. So when we shine the light of Christ, when we reflect the light of Christ, people aren't going to like it. So don't think for a second that we can do our ministry without causing offense. When we live for Christ, people will be offended. But the only thing that should offend our community is the message of Jesus Christ and our stand upon the Word of God. And, and we shouldn't be afraid of offending. Again, we shouldn't go out with this goal of, of being offensive or with this disposition or attitude of being offensive. It's just simply the loving message of Jesus that people will reject. So what does Jesus say in verse 26? He says, so do, so do not be afraid of them. For there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. He says, don't be afraid of those who will malign you, who will badmouth you because they badmouth me. And he says this, for there's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. There is a day when Jesus is coming, he's coming again to judge the living and the dead and all the secrets of men and of women will be revealed on the day of God's judgment. Romans chapter 2, verse 16. Paul writes, this will take place on the day when God judges people's secrets through Jesus Christ as my gospel declares. So there is a day coming where every secret will be made known. There really are no secrets when it comes to God. God knows everything. So church, there is no need for us to fear those who seek to malign us. God is the judge. Even the secrets of others will be brought to light on the day of judgment. 
The world hides their shameful acts. The world hides their shameful deeds. But we, on the other hand, we do something different. We don't hide the message that we've received. And because we're not afraid, listen to what Jesus says. Verse 27, what I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. So here's the thing. There is a world out there that does not like our message. They do not like the truth of God's word. They do not like Jesus. We are not to fear those people. But rather what Jesus has told us, what he's spoken to us in the quiet place of us opening the word of God and learning of the promises of God, that we are to make known to the world. We're not to keep this message to ourselves. There's no reason to keep your faith, your relationship with Jesus a secret. People may not like it when they hear about Jesus. I remember, you know, my mom told the story one time of when her friend became a Christian and her friend saw my mom in the grocery store and she went up to my mom and she was so excited about Jesus, but my mom, she didn't want to hear it. She actually said, don't talk with me about that Jesus stuff. I don't want to hear anything else about it. But she had this, her friend had this new faith, this, this excitement inside of her, and she wanted to share the gospel. But she soon found out that many people, they don't want to hear about Jesus. So what I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the ruse. There's no reason to hide the truths that Jesus has whispered into your ear by the sweet word of Christ. Speak the word of Christ. Jesus says, do not, in verse 28, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. He says, rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. We should never fear those who would seek to persecute us. They certainly have. And they will continue to persecute Christians until Jesus returns. Today, people are not only bad-mouthed because of their faith in Jesus, but people today are being killed. They are dying because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Our brothers and sisters throughout the world face danger every day because they are standing upon Jesus and they're living for Jesus. And because they stand for Christ and live for Christ, people want to kill them. And right now we're praying for some of Noel and Trisha's friends in India. And one young man that we're praying for, he recently became a Christian. His parents poisoned him, tried to kill him because of his faith in Jesus Christ. So this stuff is real. We've had it so easy here in North America. We live in a relatively Christian culture. 
where, where, where our faith is, is uh, even somewhat, and especially in the past, has been lifted up as something that's virtuous. But things are changing within our world today. At one time, to be uh, a successful person in society, it was an asset to be a Christian. It would actually help you advance in politics, and it would help you advance in, in business. But today, being a Christian is more of a liability. It's because people don't like Jesus. They don't like the light. Why do they, don't, why, why do they hate Christ? Because He's the light. And what does the light do? What does light do? It reveals. It reveals things. And people don't want the wickedness of their sinful actions to be revealed and judged. It says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So we should never fear those who would seek to persecute us. Throughout all of church history, people have executed Christians happening today. But we should never fear those who can persecute us and kill us. The only person we should fear is who? God. Fear the Lord. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. It says, The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You see, Jesus is the one who is coming again to judge the living and the dead. He is the one people will ultimately give an account for for their wicked deeds. And hear this, brothers and sisters in Christ, when you fear the Lord, you have nothing else to fear in life. What does it mean to fear the Lord? Some people think that, you know, that this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Because God is loving. He's tender. He's like a good shepherd who leads us. So what does it mean to fear the Lord? Well, it means that, that we hold God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in, in utmost reverence. We revere Him. We revere who He is. We revere His holy name. And we seek to live our lives in a way that would bring glory and honor and, uh, and, and praise to Him. That's what it means to fear the Lord. To fear the Lord is to understand who He is and then to recognize who I am. It's to know that He is the Almighty. He is the Powerful One. We are to honor and glorify His name. This is why we pray the petition, the first petition of the Lord's Prayer. What do we pray? Hallowed be Thy name. When we pray hallowed be Thy name, we're simply praying that God's name would be kept holy among us. That we would live in such a way that we would bring honor and glory to Him. So those of us who are trusting in Jesus do not need to fear His punishment. Rather, we fear dishonoring His holy name by our sinful thoughts, words, and deeds. So to fear the Lord is to find the ultimate path of wisdom in life. When you fear the Lord, you don't need to fear anyone or anything else. Listen to what Jesus says in verse 29. 
There's no need for you to fear. He says in verse 29, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground aside from your father's care? A sparrow is worth less than a penny. And our Father in heaven is concerned for the sparrow and the sparrow's life. And even the hairs, very hairs of your head are all numbered. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows if there's zero hairs on your head. And he knows if there's countless hairs on your head. So what does Jesus say in verse 31? Do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. If he cares about the sparrow, he cares about you. And many people, they think, why would God care about me? Why would anybody care about me? But God says, I love you. I'm committed to you. My loyalty to you is unwavering. You have nothing to fear. Yes, they will badmouth you. Yes, they will persecute you. Yes, they will hate you. But you have nothing, nothing to fear. You remain loyal to God only because He has first remained and continues to remain undivided. Uh, He has undivided loyalty to you. He is totally committed to you. You are of infinite worth to Jesus. He cares about the sparrow, but He cares so much more for you. So much more that He has the hairs on your head numbered. Did you know that your Father in heaven adores you? He adores you. If you're a parent, you adore your children. I adore my children. I don't like everything they do. But I just love my kids. I'm crazy about my kids. But the love and the care and the devotion that God has for my kids right now is so much more than mine or Katie's. His love, His devotion, His care, His loyalty to you is something that we can't even begin to measure or to comprehend. He is crazy about you. He loves you so much. And when you know that your, your heavenly Father loves you this much, it's, it's really hard to fear anything. When you grow in the knowledge of the love of God for you, you, you grow much deeper in your trust of Jesus. You're able to handle the challenges of life, trusting that the Creator and the Sustainer, God Almighty of the universe, adores you. He has undivided loyalty for you. And it's difficult for us to fear anything when we have that kind of faith in this God who loves us. And also in light of His great loyalty to us and His great love for us, we must admit that our loyalty to God is not undivided. You see, our loyalties and our affections are divided by the cares of life. And that's the problem that that we, we face daily. And that's why daily repentance is the rhythm of living as a disciple of Jesus. Because we understand that there is this God who loves us so much 
We can't even begin to comprehend it. And then we look at our lives and we realize that we haven't reciprocated that devotion and loyalty to Him. That our, that our loyalties and our devotion and our affections are divided by so many worthless things here on earth. And we're committed to so many things that we forget about the one who loves us. That's where repentance comes in every day. Lord Jesus, I have sinned. I have not remained loyal to you. Lord, forgive me. And thanks be to God. When we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and he'll forgive us of all of our sins. Wow, amazing. If I lived my life before any other person, the way I lived my life before God, that person would just do away with They would just say, I don't want to have anything to do with that guy. But the way we live our lives before God, with all of these... Uh, competing affections and uh, these things in our lives, these, these dark, the dark spot in our heart towards other, other people, you know, just the, the inward sinfulness. And God says, I love you. I'm committed to you. I'm crazy about you. And so we have this great gift, this great gift of joy of repentance of saying, Lord, I have sinned. And then we have the great promise of his forgiveness and this undivided loyalty that he has for us. So every day we need to be brought back to trust that Jesus loves us and has undivided loyalty to us. But Jesus also has a warning for us, verses 32 and 33. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Let those words sink in. See, here's the thing. Jesus doesn't force you to follow Him. He doesn't force you to acknowledge Him. Today, you're free to say no to Jesus. You are free to walk away from Jesus. You are free to say, Jesus, you're not for me. And He honors that. He honors that. You see, God never forces Himself upon anyone. You are free to reject Him. But understand that there is a day of judgment coming. And those who are not trusting in Jesus will have to stand. They'll have to stand on their own two feet. And give an account. They'll have to give an account for their works. They'll have to give an account for what they have done. That's a scary thing. And I'm so grateful that I don't have to stand on my own two feet on the day of judgment. I am so grateful that there is an advocate who speaks in my defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And so one day we will stand before the judgment throne of God. And the Bible never says that this question will be asked, but hypothetically, let's say it is. 
The question is asked, why should I let you into my perfect heaven? What will you say on that day? Why should I let you into heaven? I know what I'm going to say if that question is ever asked of me. I'm going to say you shouldn't let me into heaven. I don't deserve to be in heaven. But Jesus, Jesus went to the cross. He shed his blood upon the cross. And because of his shed blood, my sins have been washed away. So I don't deserve to enter into heaven, but Jesus Christ paid the price for my sins. My sins have been washed away. So the only reason that I should go into heaven is because of what Jesus did for me, not because of what I did for him. We've all sinned, but God is so loyal to you that he sent Jesus to the cross, and by his shed blood you are cleansed of all of your sins. You're forgiven. Today. On judgment day, you don't have to stand on your own two feet. Good news. And he will never deny you. We will deny him, but he will never deny us. You might ask, Pastor, if I've denied him in the past, does that mean I've lost forever? Is there no hope for a denier like me? Let me tell you this, there is hope for you. Even if you have walked through the darkest valley, the most sinful lifestyle you can imagine, the most wicked ways of this world, there is hope for you. There is forgiveness for you. You are welcome by Jesus. You are received by Him. You're welcome to come and to be cleansed of all of your sins. But understand this, to become a disciple of Jesus is to also welcome conflict with a world that will not receive Him. So this is what Jesus is going to talk about next in our passage. Is that there's this conflict that comes as a result of being a disciple of Jesus. Verse 34, Jesus says... Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, peace but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. This is happening today, church. Listen, you are a disciple of Jesus and, and in the power of the Holy Spirit, you can remain steadfast in following Jesus even in the middle of the conflict that discipleship brings. This is happening today in our world. Families are divided. People are even... Attempted murder even happens by family because of Jesus. When you know how much Jesus loves you, when you know that his devotion to you is undivided, you can endure with patience and love the conflict that develops as a result of following Jesus. And you see, God's love for you brings forth the fruit of love for him and for others. When you grow in your trust of God's love for you, when you grow in your trust of the love that God has for you, you cannot help but love him more and more. 
Your love for him eclipses the love that you have for others. And because Jesus has undivided love for you, you are called to have undivided love for him. Look at what Jesus says, verses 24 through 39. I mean 37 through 39. Anyone who loves their father or, or, or mother more than me, these are hard words, church. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. When a disciple of Jesus lives in the reality of how deeply they are loved by God, their love for God will eclipse, it will eclipse all other loves. Now we're not called to forsake our loved ones. Rather, the best and the most profound and the deepest way you can love your family, you can love your neighbor, is to be overcome and to experience the great love that God has for you. And when you understand how much God loves you, it's easy to love Him above all others. And when you love Him above all others, your love for other people is only going to grow more. You want to love your kids? You want to love your family members? starts with loving God. And when your love of God grows, your love for others grows too. And something then begins to happen. When you love God with undivided loyalty, your love for others grows deeper and more profound. Look at what 1 John 4, 19-21 says. It says, we love because He first loved us. So that's where it starts. It starts with God's love for us. Verse 20, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. But whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So we pray that we would remain steadfast in our loyalty to God because He is steadfast in His loyalty to you and to me. And when we base our lives not upon what we have done, but what God has done in His great love for us, we find a strength in the power of His Holy Spirit to live the life which we've been called to live in love and loyalty to God and to others. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Thank you that you, are un, you have undivided loyalty to us. And I pray now that in the power of your Spirit, you would cause us, in the word of the gospel, to live our lives, loving you with all of our heart, loyal to you, and in turn, loyal to others, loving others, serving others. Heavenly Father, this is something that only you can do in and through us. And it's by your grace and your mercy. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that if anybody is here today 
And, and they, they, they do not know the love that you have for them. I pray that you would meet them today in a very profound way. So many people in our world today, they, they feel worthless. But Lord, nobody here, nobody on this earth, no matter what they've done, no matter where they've been, no matter what others have said about them, none are worthless. So Lord Jesus, strengthen us, lift us up, and cause us to walk in faith and courage today. In the middle of this world that is so crazy, in the middle of this world that will badmouth us for what we believe, help us to remain steadfast in our loyalty to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.